In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, Policy and Communications Specialist David White speaks with Rachel Meyer, Director of Policy and Government Affairs, about the Quality Payment Program, formerly MACRA, and how it pertains to you in 2017. Hello, this is David White. I am the Policy and Communications Specialist at the American Society of Nephrology. I'm Rachel Meyer. I'm the Director of Policy and Government Affairs here at ASN. Delighted to be with you this morning, David. Rachel, thank you for joining us. We are here today to talk about the new quality payment program that was created by the MACRA program that was passed by Congress. Uh, You want to tell everyone just a little bit about that? Absolutely, David. So the quality payment program is the new name that the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services has given to a law that Congress enacted in 2015 that essentially is aimed at overhauling and improving the way that Medicare pays doctors. Improving how? It's structured for quality, isn't it? That's right. So the new quality payment program shifts the emphasis of reimbursement from the volume of care that clinicians provide to the value of care that clinicians provide. And as part of moving in that direction, the new quality payment program enacted by MACRA sunsets three previous programs that Medicare operated, Meaningful Use, the Physician Quality Reporting System, and the Value-Based Modifier, combines those into one program, and also eliminates the sustainable growth rate, which was the flawed methodology that Medicare used for more than a decade, which frequently called for physician payment cuts. So by combining those three programs into one and sunsetting them and getting rid of the flawed methodology, Medicare is both creating more predictability in terms of payments that doctors can anticipate, as well as pushing more of an emphasis on the quality of care and outcomes that are delivered to patients as opposed to the number of patients that one sees in a given period of time. Well, let's go to the first issue that I think would probably be on everyone's mind, which is who is covered under this program? And, you know, is the person listening to this going to be a part of it? That's a great question. So the simple answer is that most clinicians who serve Medicare patients will participate in the quality payment program. And that is particularly true in the specialty of nephrology, given the unique nature of the Medicare ESRD program in covering patients with kidney failure. The more detailed response is that clinicians will participate in the quality payment program if they either bill more than $30,000 per year in Medicare payments or if they care for more than 100 Medicare patients per year. Let me just stop you there. I want to be real clear about this for everyone. They have to meet both of those standards, correct? It's either one of those standards. It's, it's either $30,000 in Medicare payments per year or more than 100 Medicare patients. And I want to emphasize, David, that this isn't just physicians. This actually applies to physicians, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, clinical nurse specialists, and certified registered nurse anesthetists. So this is a program that is looking beyond just physicians. That sounds great, Rachel. Now tell us, when does the program begin? So the law, MACRA, actually mandated that the program begin on January 1st, 2017. So that's this coming January. But in the final rule that Medicare recently published outlining the sort of rules of engagement for participating in the program, in response to stakeholder recommendations, including from ASN, Medicare has actually created a number of different flexible ways to participate in that program that begins January 1. So I can kind of walk through those if you think that would be helpful for our listeners. I think that would be very helpful if you could do that, please. 
So as I said, there are four different options that you have to participate in the program, each of which can help you avoid any kind of negative payment adjustments, and many of which will create opportunities for you to actually see bonuses in the payments that you would have otherwise received in the old payment system. So first, participants can simply test out the new quality payment program just by submitting some data. Not a lot, just a little bit. That's option one. Option two, you can also participate by submitting a little bit more data for part of the 2017 calendar year. Not the whole year, just a little bit more data for part of the year. A third option, and this is the option where you would probably see the most likelihood of getting a benefit, like a bonus payment, is participate in the program for the entirety of the calendar year of 2017. So that would be reporting data that goes from January through December. There's a fourth option, and at this moment in time, not that many clinicians will have this option available to them, but as the program matures over time, this fourth option will, we hope, become available to more clinicians, and that is participation in an advanced alternative payment model. And I'll talk a little bit more later about what exactly an advanced alternative payment model is, but this is a highly specified new type of system that is focused even more than others on delivering uh, value and quality to its patients. Well, tell us a little bit about what happens if you do not submit any data and what you recommend the listeners to do. Right. So very important point for all the listeners out there. You will want to submit some data in some form to the quality payment program in 2017. Because if you do not, the consequences are looking at reductions to the payments that you would have otherwise received in that calendar year. It's not hard to avoid a payment reduction, but you definitely need to take steps, probably sooner rather than later, to start understanding what the best path for reporting will look like for you and your practice. So you just outlined three different ways that individuals can participate in their reporting data if they're not in an advanced alternative payment method. Those three methods all come together under the merit-based incentive payment. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So the the merit-based incentive payment system, also known as MIPS, is how most clinicians are going to be participating in the quality payment program in the first year. And MIPS essentially has four different areas that it looks at to determine what kind of payments and bonus payments its participants will be receiving. Quality, how good is the care that you're delivering to patients? Improvement activities, what are you doing to make sure that you're constantly advancing the kind of care that you can deliver to patients? Third, electronic health records. Are you using them and to what extent are you taking advantage of those technologies? And fourth is cost. Now, I want to emphasize that Medicare, again, in response to recommendations from stakeholders like ASN, has that they're not actually going to look at how much the care you deliver costs, at least in the first year of the program. So eventually, MIPS will have the four categories, quality, improvement, a measure of looking at electronic health records and cost. But for the first year, you don't have to worry about the cost. So I think that's a big advantage for people going in. And I read that somewhere around 500,000 clinicians are expected to be eligible to participate in the MIPS program in 2017. Is that correct? That is what Medicare is estimating. And I think for most people, unless you know for certain that you are in an advanced alternative payment model, you can probably anticipate that you'll be participating in MIPS. From there, it's a matter of figuring out which of the three pathways is going to fit the best for you and your practice in 2017. 
Well, since you brought it up, let's go to those alternative payment models. Tell us a little bit more about those. Right. So advanced alternative payment models are models of care that are testing new ways of providing services to patients that both take on a substantial amount of risk and are being tested through a variety of different means. A Medicare Innovation Center model, a shared savings program model, or under the auspices of a law that perhaps Congress passed that mandated that this new way of delivering care be looked at. There are some similarities between advanced alternative payment models and the components of the MIPS program in that all advanced alternative payment models do in fact have to use certified EHR technology. Um, They also have to base their payments on quality outcomes, and they also have to, as I mentioned, bear risk, although substantially more risk than anyone will be facing in the MIPS program. I want to highlight that the first and only disease-specific advanced alternative payment model, in fact, exists in the nephrology space, and this is something that ASN and other stakeholders advocated for in our interactions with Medicare as, as Medicare designed this final rule. So the comprehensive ESRD model, also known as the ESCO, will be eligible for this advanced alternative payment model track, both the large dialysis organization arrangement and the small dialysis organization arrangement. Now that's a change, isn't it? That is. In fact, in the proposed rule that Medicare issued about the quality payment program this spring, they had proposed only the large dialysis organization track. Since that time, Medicare actually created an option for more risk for small dialysis providers participating in the ESCO, and because they now will assume more risk, which is really an inherent part of being an advanced alternative payment model, the small dialysis organization ESCOs have the option to be advanced alternative payment models. Was that one of the improvements that ASN had advocated for? It was, David. And in the future, as we look ahead, continuing to work with Medicare as it tweaks and improves macro over time, the quality payment program over time, in fact, developing more new and different advanced alternative payment models that involve nephrologists and focus on delivering better care for patients with kidney disease at every stage, not just those who are on dialysis, will be a central focus of ASN's advocacy efforts moving forward. Okay. What else would you like to tell us about the advanced alternative payment models? Well, David, I think I may have overlooked a critical element about why these advanced alternative payment models are in fact so desirable. And that is, there is more opportunity to see higher payments for the clinicians participating in them. In fact, in the first several years of the quality payment program, anyone who's participating in an advanced alternative pay model actually sees an automatic 5% payment increase over what they would have gotten to begin with. So that's huge. And in the future, as alternative payment models save money as compared to what was expected of them, the participants in those models can in many cases also share in savings. So not only is it attractive from a financial perspective, these alternative payment models are really shifting care in the direction that I think most stakeholders, ASN included, would like to see it moving. And that is, it's more holistic, it's more coordinated, it's looking at patient from a holistic perspective rather than a piecemeal approach to care of different chronic conditions. Okay, you've given us a lot to think about. I just wanted to summarize two points in particular that seem to be very important for everyone to be aware of, and I've missed any of them, let me know. One of them is what we're calling the low volume threshold, which means if you're not hitting that $30,000 mark of billing Medicare or you don't have 100 Medicare patients, 
you're not going to be in the program. We also need to add that if it's your first year in Medicare, you're also not in the program. That's an excellent point. Yeah. And then there are reporting options for how much information and when you need to report it in the year. But I think you're giving us some good advice, which is get started sooner rather than later. That's absolutely right. Don't wait to pick your path. Start looking at your options and assess today so that you're not scrambling tomorrow. There are options for success, and I encourage everyone to understand what those look like for their practice sooner rather than later. The last thing I'd like to add is that the ASN has a number of resources for clinicians to learn more about MACRA available on the website. It's called the MACRA Quality Payment Program Resource Page. You can link to it from the home page, and this includes resources specific for nephrologists that ASN has developed, and it also includes links to other peer societies as well as resources from Medicare. So take some time, check it out, and please don't hesitate to contact the policy department here at ASN with any additional questions. That was Rachel Meyer speaking with us today. This is David White. Have a good one. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.